Hello, and welcome to Wide Open Spaces with Elise, a podcast. This is episode number 125. Do you know someone who has breast cancer? Thank you for joining me today. You can check me out at wideopenspaceswithelise.com. Elise is spelled I-L-I-S-E. Now let's pop in our earbuds and let's take a ride together. Well, we're in the month of October. And what does the month of October mean? Well, it means many things. It's the start of fall and Halloween. All those browns and rust colors surround us. A feeling of warmth, a feeling that we know the weather is about to change, even if you live in South Florida like me. Less humidity, that's the big change for us. The leaves begin to change on the trees. They will eventually fall. The smell of pumpkin with your Starbucks pumpkin lattes and all those delicious flavors, apple picking and candy apples. That's the month of October. October means something else. It represents something else, the color pink. In the month of October, it's Breast Breast Cancer Awareness Month. It's symbolized by that traditional pink ribbon. Pink, pink evokes calmness, beauty, softness, but breast cancer is nothing of those. Now I could go through many, many statistics about breast cancer. Breast cancer has become so complex with so many different variations that almost no woman is the same. And so, so for now, for this podcast, the only statistic you need to know, look around the room if you're in a room of people. And if you aren't, then the next time you are. One in eight women. That's right. If you're in the room with eight women, one of those women will have breast cancer based on statistics. Well, that's some scary, scary statistics if you ask me. One in eight women. It's a fear that all women have. But it also should be a fear that men have as well men can get breast cancer. There's something called the BRCA gene. And if you haven't heard, you can look it up. I don't know the specific details. I'm not a scientist. All I know is it's something you don't want to have, that BRCA gene. If you do a blood test and they do genetic testing and you have the BRCA gene, it more than likely means that it increases your chances tenfold of getting breast cancer in your lifetime. Men who have females in their lives or men in their lives who have had breast cancer should get checked for the BRCA gene. Nobody really thinks about men getting this gene. We've all heard vaguely that men can get breast cancer. But a lot of men get breast cancer because they carry this BRCA gene. This gene isn't just transferred from female to female in the genetic pool. It can be from female to male and male to female. For men, if it doesn't show up in their breast, 
it can show up in their pancreas. And so breast cancer is not about a gender anymore. It is more prevalent in women. But as tests are going on, they're finding out that breast cancer cells are found in the pancreas. And so men are included now in this statistic. So when you're sitting in that room with eight people, it could be men or women in one in eight. Scary statistics. Now, do you have someone in your life who's had breast cancer, passed away from breast cancer, or is fighting for their lives right now at this very moment from breast cancer? Unfortunately, I know more people than I can count on my two hands. My 10 fingers, it goes beyond. It's almost to about 20. People who have survived, people who have passed away, and people who are currently in the fight. Both my sister-in-laws are breast cancer survivors. Knock on wood. But what that means is my daughter now has to be careful and always get checked. We should all get checked. Now, my two sister-in-laws do not have the BRCA gene, but they were told being two sisters within a certain age range, both getting breast cancer, that there just may be a gene out there that they're not aware of yet that women can carry and it can be brought down from generation to generation. And so get checked. How has breast cancer affected your life? Maybe you've never had anybody in your life that you have known who has suffered from breast cancer and you are blessed. But I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer. You will know someone, I guarantee it, in your lifetime who will have to be treated for breast cancer, male, female. Now, I know this is a heavy topic, and if you look back from every year that I've done a podcast, I dedicate one podcast to breast cancer awareness. And that's because it's around me. I know too many people. And so some years back, I joined a committee called Not My Daughter, Find a Cure Now. Now I had been going to Not My Daughter's events for years. They book a great um, ballroom in a hotel. We get everything discounted. We have great entertainment and speakers. We fill the house with over 500 people. We have shopping boutiques, so we make money through that and people start to get all their holiday gifts. And it's always a great event and brings people together and educates people and brings breast cancer to the forefront. Now our committee, all of our money goes to services and to scientific research. And most of our money goes to University of Miami Sylvester Cancer Center. And we are starting with Baptist Hospital Cancer Center here right in South Florida. So we keep our money local. If you want to find any of these types of groups or organizations, Google it. I guarantee there's something somewhere in your area that if you feel compelled to attend, 
You can. We all know about the pink walks and the breast cancer walks. Those have been around for years and those are wonderful and they raise money just as well. And I had been attending this great event for years. And then one of my best friends was diagnosed with breast cancer. And she got on the committee. And it just compelled me to want to be on this committee as well. And so now I'm on the committee of Not My Daughter, Find a Cure Now. And I've taken my volunteering or giving from donating to actually working and helping to get money donated towards this cause. Now, volunteering, you can look back. I have a podcast on it. How volunteering is great for your mental health. So if you don't feel that it's breast cancer that you want to donate your time to, that's fine. But think about how volunteering and giving of yourself can really elevate your mental health, your self-esteem, the way you look at yourself. And that is what happens to me when I am involved in Not My Daughter every year. Now, the treatments for breast cancer are devastating. For women, they lose part of their femininity. They stay feminine, but as women, we identify with our breasts. And when a double mastectomy happens, part of that is taken away from us. It's not in our control. And yes, there's beautiful reconstruction and tattooing of nipples that look so real. But there's still a process that woman has to go through, that loss of part of their body. And if they have the BRCA gene, they now have the added fear of getting uterine cancer and cervical cancer because that also comes with the BRCA gene. Believe it or not, many women, and this is just kind of, I know, frightening to me. Yet it's due to so much research and evolution that if a woman in her 20s knows she has the BRCA gene, they're starting to have preventative surgery, freezing their eggs or having their children, and then having hysterectomies and double mastectomies to enhance their chances of never having cancer, breast cancer. Cancer sucks, no matter what kind of cancer you have. It just sucks. It's hard for people to know that they don't have control. You may physically not have control, but emotionally you can gain the control through coping, through taking care of yourself. Having someone in your life with a diagnosis of breast cancer makes the friend or family member or loved one feel quite helpless. And that's where I'm going to focus today is not on necessarily the person who has breast cancer or has had breast cancer, but their significant others and their family and friends because breast cancer affects their lives as well. Watching someone you know get a diagnosis, finding out what their treatment is, 
finding out how their bodies will be ravaged by chemotherapy and different types of medicine. And so as the supporter or significant other or friend or family member, we find ourselves helpless. We want to help. We don't know how to help. So as that support system, I'm going to give you some coping mechanisms that you can utilize when you know someone is going through a breast cancer diagnosis and treatment. So this is a different perspective on what a breast cancer diagnosis can do to the individual as well as the support system. So let's start with, do your research about breast cancer. Know what types of breast cancer they are. HR2 positive, negative. There's so many different variations. I don't even understand it. I have to look it up if a friend gets a diagnosis so I can see are they, you know, shouldn't they have too much progesterone and whatever. I don't understand it. It's complicated. So research it. If you have someone in your life who has this diagnosis or just got this diagnosis, go ahead and research it so that you can understand exactly why certain types of treatment might not work for them, why they are resistant to certain things. The couple people that in my life, I have two people right now, one who was diagnosed and recently had surgery, one who had a reoccurrence and is having all different types of treatment. And so it's good to do your research, to know what each individual might be going through. It helps you understand, I guess, <clears throat> cancer more. How cancer is the enemy. It's that demon. It's that thing that's trying to take over your healthy cells in your body and create cancer cells. Now, one of my friends, my best friends, is in the fight of her life right now. And something she does for her friends, think about this. This is what she does for her friends and family. Each time she gets her tumor markers, her, her blood, her liver, all those areas checked that she needs checked, she sends in different group texts her results so that the people that are close to her really understand concretely through numbers what is going on with her body, what is working, what isn't working. And though those numbers can be frightening sometimes that she sends us, it gets us to understand that it's not just about her hearing and going through feeling ill and being scared but hearing all this medical jargon and numbers, and it's a whole other aspect that those who have never suffered from any type of cancer don't even realize this information overload that breast cancer or other cancer um, victims are going through. And so she shares this with us. And I think it gives her a sense of control she doesn't have to repeat it 50 times to everybody, so it helps her psychologically. So it's a great way that communication and understanding the type of cancer 
and what your friend, family, loved one is going through. So that is one way that you can cope and support the person who's going through cancer. Let's talk about tangible ways that you can support them. Just saying, I am here for you whenever you need me. I know that sounds, I don't know, commonplace. Yeah, but sometimes that's just what people need to hear. I'm here for you when you need me. Remember, this is not about you feeling better that you can help them. It's about what they need. And in the end, if you give them what they need, then you will feel better. Don't push yourself. It's not the best way to help. It makes you feel better, but in the long run, it makes them feel like they're obligated to you. They'll feel guilty if they don't let you come over and see them. So offer your help, but don't push yourself. Go with them to their treatments. You know, those IVs in their arms can take a long time to get that chemo. And then the waiting period afterwards, making sure that they're okay to leave. It's nice to have a companion with you. But there may be some people that you offer that just want to be alone in that time. And you must respect that. Even though you know in the end it may be more helpful for them to have someone there with them, remember, it's about what they're telling you, what they need. You must listen to what they need. When you're going through treatments, unfortunately, there is a lot of hair loss. There's this great invention, and if you haven't heard about it, called the cold cap. And the cold cap is something that is kept in dry ice, this cap, and every 30 minutes you put on a new cap, and it really almost like freezes your entire scalp. And this is so that the treatment doesn't kill those hair follicles. Now, it doesn't guarantee you'll keep all your hair. Your hair may thin, which is what I've learned. I always thought when I heard of the cold cap, well, why wouldn't you do it if it meant you don't lose your hair? Well, it makes it so you don't lose all of your hair. But your hair still thins out. And some people choose not to do the cold cap. So maybe when they need to finally go get a wig, be their support system. Go with them to get that wig. Try to find the wig that looks the most like their original hair. Or heck, maybe they want a different look and you can help them with that. Something to lift their spirits. Maybe they do want to try something just a little bit different. Remember, the treatments knock the hell out of you. Your loved one is not going to have the same type of energy that they used to have. They may isolate themselves. They may stay home because they're not feeling well. They need to stay close to a restroom. And they may not be up for visitors. Maybe do a FaceTime with them. You know, one great thing that came out of COVID is all this live FaceTiming for doctor's appointments and reaching out to people across the world. And we had FaceTime for years. We just didn't use it. So. Maybe if a friend, whether you live very far away from them or they just aren't up for visitors, maybe they'd be up for a short little FaceTime just so 
they can see your face, they can see the love in your face. Those little things will make a difference and it's a great way to help that person who's struggling. You know, there's some really cute things when I had my hysterectomy. I got some comforting gifts and then funny gifts. I got a coloring book of different parts of the uterus. I got a stuffed animal that's literally a stuffed like uterus. And so there are a lot of funny things that can put a smile on someone's face. And so I went on Amazon. You can go on Amazon as well. And there's tons of stuff around pink and breast cancer awareness month and breast cancer. So I found these really cute socks and the socks re um, read, dear cancer, you picked the wrong bitch. That's awesome. Right on the bottom of the socks, dear cancer, you picked the wrong bitch. You know, giving someone a gift like that when they're feeling low and they're struggling can put a little smile on their face. And when they're wearing those socks that says, Dear Cancer, you picked the wrong bitch, you kind of give them a little bit of a superpower feel. Like, yeah, I can fight this. I can make this through. That's what you can do for people who are in your life who are suffering from breast cancer. You know, they feel weak. They see their body changing. They feel sick. Putting that little bit of a sparkle in their eye is such a great gift that you can give them. Remember, don't push, but just sending something like that can help and put a sparkle in someone's eye. I think as the caregiver, as the support system, you must remember not to compare each individual's journey with someone else that you know who's gone through the same illness. Like me, I've known countless people. You cannot compare one person to the other. Some people go around with this diagnosis and you don't even know they have this diagnosis. And some people talk about it a lot. They want people to know about it. And some people keep it close to themselves. They don't talk about it at all. Whether you find that to be healthy or not healthy, it's really not your call because each person's journey is their own journey. I know you've heard the quote, you don't know what it's like to walk in some, a mile in someone else's shoes. And that's so true when it comes to cancer, breast cancer. You don't know what it's like till you walk in their shoes. And God forbid you should ever have to knock on wood. So don't try to compare your significant person who has this diagnosis to other people. Their journey is individual. Their makeup is individual of who they are, their idiosyncrasies. It's what makes them who they are. So they will all experience it very differently. And I think the last and final thing that I want as a way for you to be supportive and to help you cope is just be yourself with that person. Don't watch your words. Don't stand on ceremony. Don't keep a distance. Just be yourself. They don't want their relationship with you to be any different than it was before they got that diagnosis. The goal is here is to try not 
to try to not make this diagnosis encompass everything about their world. It's to give them other aspects to color their world with, friends, family, things to do. And so those warriors, they don't want to be treated differently. They want you to treat them the same way you did before their diagnosis. And the last recommendation I'd like to give you is don't push yourself on them. Listen to them. Listen to their words. Listen to their expressions. If they've just had a treatment or they've gone through surgery and they say they're not up to visitors, listen. It's not that they're necessarily isolating themselves or keeping themselves away from the world. Their whole world has been spinning around since the moment they felt a lump, they've had a biopsy, they've heard those words come out of a doctor's mouth that you have breast cancer. Don't push yourself. They will let you know when they are ready to have visitors. You can ask again, give a good amount of time in between. I have a friend who recently just went through her surgery. And in the beginning, she wasn't. And then when I texted her and she said, I'm up, any time, up for any time for you to come over. You must listen. You may want to bring over that, you know, grandma's chicken soup. But if they're not wanting it and they're not ready, don't push yourself. Really, you're trying to do that to make yourself feel better if you push yourself. If you just show up when they've told you not to. Listen to what the person who has this diagnosis that they're living through. Listen to their words. Respect them. Don't make them feel guilty. Don't make them feel obligated. Now, because I've had countless people who have had breast cancer, I've been able to perfect these coping skills and I follow these coping skills. And I sometimes have to talk to myself in my head first before I respond to a text, before I pick up a phone to talk to people because I want to honor them and respect them because they are that same person they were before this diagnosis. This diagnosis is just taking up a big chunk of their life. And you want to support and you want to be there. If you do live in the South Florida area, you can come to our Not My Daughter event, which is on October 30th. If not, you can go to notmydaughter.org and donate as little or as much money as you would like to. All the money goes to services and research. If you want to donate to another breast cancer organization, just make sure that you're not charged a lot of fees because those fees do not go to direct services and research, like Not My Daughter. Not My Daughter was formulated over 10 years ago because a woman was diagnosed with breast cancer, all her friends rallied around her. And after she was finished with treatment, her and her friends developed this wonderful organization that helps, the money helps get women wet, wigs and prosthetics and 
helps them with babysitting services if the mother has to go to treatment and they need, need someone to watch their child. There are so many ways that you can help if breast cancer is in your world, in your vicinity, in your orbit, not just helping the person who is going through it, but helping more on a global scale. And for me, when my friend, one of my best friends, was diagnosed with this, this was my way. But not only am I helping her, I'm helping on a global level. I'm supporting my sister-in-laws who had the diagnosis, other friends that I know that have have had the diagnosis, and even the families of people that I know who have passed away from this demon of a disease. It's a disgusting, horrible, evil disease. I pray that through all this research, will find a cure. But if not a cure, different trials that will prolong someone's life, that will give someone more time with their family. So if you find it within yourself, go out and volunteer. Do those breast cancer walks. Raise money in whatever way by joining an organization, creating your own organization, because someday we will eradicate this disease or at least have trials that people can go on that can prolong their lives. Cancer sucks. Cancer sucks. And I'm angry about it. And I'm sad and I'm frustrated because I'm watching somebody fight like hell. She is fighting like a girl. She is fighting like hell and I love her. And this podcast is dedicated to her. Remember, it's notmydaughter.org. It's a great website. You can learn about the organization. If you feel it in your heart to donate to our particular organization, you can donate as much or as little. Every little bit helps. I know people in my life who can't come to the event because they live far away and they've donated. And I appreciate that because I know They care about me and the people in my life who have had or have breast cancer. Thank you so much for joining me today at Wide Open Spaces with Elise. Remember, you can listen to this podcast anywhere you love listening to your favorite podcast. Positive thoughts always create positive energy. Please go out and explore all those wide open spaces in your world. And for the month of October, wear pink. Ciao.